talking about marriage and parenting issues on the field. We have, while students are not raised, we have uh, two twin courses that run uh, pretty much throughout the whole year. Uh, one is called High Stress Marriaging. Uh, the other is High Stress Parenting because uh, most of the marriage books, most of the parenting books, and ideas that are circulating in Christian circles do not take into account the very difficult living circumstances that the missionaries are going to be living in. Uh, for my wife and I, my wife's right there, uh, our children, our three older children, were away from us uh, 24 years altogether in boarding schools. Okay, You better know how to win your wife or husband and keep your kids on the team with you Okay, uh, to endure such things. Uh, hostage taking, separations, lack of family, uh, nuclear family overseas, uh, you don't have coaches. You don't have uh, all these support structures. You don't have youth pastors. So they're, they're dedicated to getting to know your kid. And so uh, really behooves parents to have their head on a swivel and really know the spiritual temperature of their children. Um, it is right now the number one reason that missionaries are leaving the field, the inability to parent their children well. Uh, when they're younger, not so much of a difficulty, but if you haven't continued to win them to the task, and really made it clear why we're doing this, why we're enduring the sacrifices, why you're not getting to play high school football, why you're not getting to do so many other things. If you don't make that clear as a parent and you just assume they're on the team, uh, and we see uh, children go belly up at times, and uh, even uh, wives who made a one-time commitment and the husband hasn't been diligent to continue to win his wife's heart to this thing. Husbands really need to have their act together uh, to keep the families on the field. Um, <coughs> While we were there, um, I was on the, uh, the, board, the board of the boarding school. Uh, I would go up there three times a year to take the pulse of those people who were interacting with my kids. I wasn't just going to delegate and walk away. Uh, for seven years, I was on the disciplinary committee of the boarding school. It was a very large, we had over 200 kids in the boarding school. And dealing with uh, good missionaries who were not doing well in the parenting area. They weren't in a stateside situation that would not have been an issue. And so we feel at Radius we really have to prepare people a lot for the high-stress marriage um, and where your wife is very commonly a target uh, and your kids are targets and uh, living life well in that situation and uh, the high-stress uh, parenting situation. So that we're going to um, talk about having proper expectations. And one of the things that we're trying to do as students come to us, these are mostly young families or singles, uh, is to get them ready to, to, for what they're going to be getting into. This is a critical passage that we walk slowly through a few different times while students are down there. Now great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And of course, Jesus isn't talking about actual hatred. We know that. And how many times just in the chapter of John, you know, 6, 13, man, they're going to know you're my followers by your loved one for another. But to have that so clear in our mind, that family is not first. My allegiance, my commitment to the Lord Jesus is first. And I have to take my family seriously. That's a big part of my responsibility as a husband and as a father. But if I'm confused on that, uh, this is not going to work out because the very life that the Lord has led us into is by nature taking my wife and my children into a dangerous situation. And we have to accept that and do all that we can to mitigate that. We don't go in blindly. But at the end of the day, it, it's not about them thriving. We talk about that a lot. We'll get into that more and more. Uh, again, this whole issue here that Jesus speaks of, uh, man, actually when the Ten Commandments were first being written the very first time, uh, if I was going to lay out the Ten Commandments, and don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat, steal, uh, don't all those things human to human, but God is not me. 
the first thing that God wanted to be clear, you shall have no other gods before me. And for missionaries that aren't clear on that, uh, my first commitment is to my God. And after that, I have many responsibilities. If you're confused on that, eventually the lifestyle that you're going into is going to uh, find that out about you. We talk a lot about winning our spouses to this task, winning our kids. Uh, how do we do that? We don't have time today. Uh, but being a, a fully developed father, okay, a fully developed parent, okay, uh, taking into account what your kids are going through, uh, knowing their lives, asking lots of questions when they're at the boarding school uh, and when they're home. Uh, man, when, when my kids came home, uh, we, I set aside the translation work. We had two primary tasks. We were church planners and Bible translators, okay? Uh, I cannot set aside working with the church. Man, these are human beings. But I could set aside working with the translation while my kids were home so I could get fully involved with that. Uh, we did not delegate to the organization that we were in to raise our kids spiritually. That's my job. If my, my kids aren't walking with the Lord, if they're not at an age-appropriate level having a walk with the Lord Jesus, uh, then we would keep our kids home from the boarding school. We did not make a decision once a year to send them, and then they're just gone. Okay, Every time they came home, which was four times a year, now we took their pulse. Can they go back? Are they in a place to go back? And so we didn't uh, wash our hands in any way of that. Yeah, proper expectations are critical for our kids as parents. You know, we, we just... Uh, we cannot be caught in this conundrum of, I want to wait, raise well-rounded Christian kids. Yeah, I do. I, 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 like, I think my kids are well-rounded. But I want to raise godly kids more than well-rounded. And sometimes those two things collide. I want my kids to have a heart for the Lord Jesus. And I can say that uh, I believe they do. Proper expectations in our marriage. Uh, yeah, what are we expecting out of marriage? I appreciate so much uh, Francis Chan. And you can think what you want about it. He wrote, wrote a book called Fripp. You and Me Forever. And uh, for missionary candidates, that's probably the best book written because he's not talking... He, he the title of that book, uh, he actually wanted to call it Marriage. Ain't so great. Because he too saw this infatuation with marriage. We just want to squeeze every drop of satisfaction out of our marriage that we can. And it's made us really selfish at times within our marriages. Man, I want to do marriage well. But I want to walk with the Lord Jesus more than that, okay? And again, bringing my wife into a difficult situation and winning her to that to where she could be set free to be a godly mother to my kids and a missionary that taught these Teddy people how to read and write. She did medical work uh, 365 days a year for 20 years out there in the middle of the jungle. Uh, man, because her heart was in that she saw her part in you know, moving the kingdom forward uh, proper expectations in our parenting, uh, critical in this, that we know what we're getting into. And that's one of the big things that we take seriously at Radius. Now, we do not want our students blindsided when they get to the field. They know it's going to be hard. They know the suffering that they go through. Their kids are going to get some of it, too. Uh, it, it's just part of it. Uh, we talk a lot about jokingly, but not so much. We live in an age that has wonderful songs about thriving. Yeah, and I, I love the song. I remember being at a concert, singing the song, standing up and waving my hands back and forth. Uh, but we're actually teaching our kids. What we're seeing more in Scripture is teaching you to endure. Can you endure hardship? Like Paul said to Timothy, endure hardship while okay, being a soldier of Jesus Christ. Get your eyes properly calibrated. This is maybe not in the rest of the church, uh, across the planet. But where you're going, you better understand the difference between thriving and enduring because you're going to be enduring a lot more than you're thriving. And when the good days come, the good seasons come, smell the roses. Enjoy them. Just don't have expectations that demand that or something's wrong. That's not the case. 
uh, moving on here. Yeah, one of the things, uh, another in, in this area. Now, we're concerned about, will your parenting style allow you to stay on the field? Uh, saw too many great missionaries taken off the field by kids that were in high school. Their heart just wasn't in it anymore. And you can handle that when Johnny's five or six or seven or a younger age. But as your kids get into the high school years, if they're not seeing the purpose behind what you're doing, if you haven't made that clear to them and taught them from the scriptures, um, and it's just going to backfire on you. This doesn't make it. I remember when I was uh, Papua New Guinea serving, uh, we would see people going home for a variety of reasons, and uh, it was always pretty much sad. Uh, sometimes there were good reasons. Uh, but the difference is in the letters. Uh, sometimes the prayer letters would make it out to us in New Guinea, and we'd read what they were telling supporters about, here's why we left the field, and we knew differently. Uh, again, this issue of parenting. Uh, dear, dear friends, we love them dearly, many of these folks, uh, that were not able to finish. They got close to finishing, and it's so critical that you take the time needed to see that church come to a point of maturity. Uh, Brooke was giving his time frame this morning. Uh, for my wife and I, uh, we lived among the Teddy people for seven years before we saw the first people come to faith in Christ. It, and, and we breathed the big sigh of relief. Oh, man, we're almost there. Uh, it would take another 13 years to live among them to see these individualistic, nomadic, jungle people become the church of Jesus Christ. And so, man, expectations, they, they need to be realistic as far as how long is this going to take. Uh, we're pretty careful as we look at applications. Uh, if somebody indicates that they're thinking five, ten years, uh, we're probably not the place to come to. Um, what we encourage people, take your watch off, take your calendar down, you're done when you're done. When there's a healthy church, that's when you're done, with a translation done in the language. And so we want to see these uh, missionary couples and singles equipped uh, to be able to understand what they're getting into and to go the distance as best as possible. And, uh, and we all know that God takes people off the field. Not everything is a loss due to people caving in. I don't want to imply that. Uh, but too often, there are foreseeable issues. And uh, again, as we get to know our candidates down at Radius, uh, we ask them the very first month that they're there, what do you see taking you off the field? And uh, sometimes they're pretty self-aware, and that saves us time. Sometimes we have to get to know for a few months before. This is not going to annihilate you here in the North American context. But where you're going, this little crack in your walk with the Lord or in your character, in your parenting, in your marriage, it will get wider and wider until at a very critical point. And the reason I say critical point, the longer you're on the field, the more valuable you are in your ministry. And to be taken off the field after 13 years uh, because of something that was foreseeable, just a huge loss. <clears throat> Another reason why are we talking about parenting? Um, and these are young families. It's part of uh, us doing our job as trainers. And uh, we take that very, very seriously. Uh, initially, we can't say this with much integrity, uh, but we do uh, grow to love these guys. Uh, we live vicariously through them. Uh, we now have over 300 radius grads, and uh, well over half of them are on the field. And to see the hurdles that they're overcoming, it is a joy. And to see uh, the things that are jumping up and smacking them, uh, man, our hearts break with them. But, uh, so we want to do everything that we can as a staff, and I know you guys representing your churches want to do the same thing. We care about uh, their kids' survival, uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, man, if our kids, uh, if my voice as a dad 
cannot stop my children, and we have uh, three sons and one daughter, if by two years old they can't tell the tone of my voice and the tone of my voice doesn't stop them in the tracks, it can mean the difference between life and death, between being taken hostage, uh, captured, bitten by a snake, bitten by, uh, eaten by a pig, uh, a variety of things in our world. And every situation is different, of course. But to be able to have kids that are obedient, they know how to be shut down with the tone of mom or dad's voice. We care about their kids as Christ followers. Uh, man, we want to see uh, people sometimes that uh, they themselves or within their marriage when they have a vibrant walk with the Lord, but the antenna doesn't go around. They don't see maybe their kid's world real clearly. And then to help them get that antenna spinning to where they can relate. And some parents uh, have a hard time relating to their kids when they're two and five and six. And uh, man, for dad to teach the, the kids the word uh, is a primary uh, issue there, and the fathers that delegate that responsibility of teaching the word to somebody else, uh, probably that's going to jump up and bite you. Uh, again, when our kids came home from the boarding school, uh, every lunchtime, uh, we would have family devotions. And I remember, uh, especially when my two sons, you met one, one's represented here too, uh, as my boys are getting into high school years, they're like, ah, oh, dad, oh, God, oh, dad. Yeah. But I, I could not afford to wait for a good time to bring it up. I had to be ahead of the game. And, uh, and that just became a, a regular part. And I had to do my job to make it interesting to my kids. I just don't get out a book and read a book to them. Okay, not at that age. Uh, we care about the children of our uh, trainees down there as Christ followers. And uh, Beth and I were dorm parents, uh, two different stints while we were in the Guinea. We came out when our church was in a place that we could leave them for a few months. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, man, one of the heartbreaking things, uh, the majority of those kids that we were dorm parents to, they're not walking with the Lord today. And uh, the antennas just weren't spinning. Uh, missionaries that mail in this issue of parenting, uh, their kids' a spiritual walk with the Lord. And so, man, we're, we're doing what we can so that these guys who are, and mostly these are young families, most, I'd say half don't even have children, half do have children. We typically have between 20 and 25 uh, student children on campus uh, down at Radius. And we want to see these kids go in the distance in their own walk with the Lord. So that's another reason why we put time into this. Um, we care about their kids enhancing the gospel ministry. Uh, one of the things that was a joy for <clears throat> Beth and I to see uh, in the latter years of our ministry. And uh, latter years of ministry, it took us 20 years because it took us 20 years. If we could have gotten it done in 19 years, we would have gotten it done in 19 years. The jungle's not a fun place to live. It sucks. It's horrible. Uh, we didn't grow in love with the jungle. Uh, but it just took. That's what it took. But one of the things that was wonderful to see is as uh, our kids, our three older kids, came back from the boarding school, uh, Brooks and Brandon being able to go out and hunt with the Eteddies and be with the Eteddies, and they could speak Eteddy. And then they enhanced the gospel. And then when you have your own children enhancing the gospel, man, your efforts are uh, just multiplied many times over. Uh, we tell student, uh, students a lot that uh, Beth and I felt like our 16th year of ministry among the Eteddies was more beneficial than the first 15 put together. And the, the, the way they see you, the way they watch you grow old, the way they watch you parent, the way they watch you as husband and wife, uh, fighting even, standing outside of our window, listening to Beth and I yell at each other and then make up, you know, and they would take sides. Of course, they always took my wife's side, which was totally wrong. <clears throat> uh, you are affected by the parenting around you. Having clear biblical expectations is critical. It's just critical. And so we lay out those expectations real clearly. Our children are not innocent, okay? And uh, people that come down to radius are typically pretty mature spiritually. They understand that and when Adam fell and Eve fell, uh, that sin nature was passed on. 
but some of them are first-time parents and, um, and have a variety of backgrounds. And, of course, we live in a more and more permissive culture where discipline, corporal punishment, is less and less talked about. It's less and less, uh, you know, appreciated. Um, now we must train our kids. And if we are not training our kids, eventually it's going to jump up and bite us. And I'll tell you, it's, it's a joy now to be a dad, and all my kids are married, and they have kids and grandkids. And then just the joy of having a relationship with our older kids who love the Lord and are walking with the Lord. But you can't want that when they're two years old. You've got to discipline. And I think every, every young family... They, they wonder, am I disciplining too much? Am I dis- will I ruin my relationship with them? And to get them through that as young parents, guys, they'll survive. They'll survive. We'll go into the scriptures. Having age-appropriate expectations for our kids is, is so important. Uh, again, as we mentioned earlier, uh, where they're going is mostly uncharted uh, waters for the people writing books on parenting. I remember uh, our organization, <coughs> when Beth and I were in New Guinea, uh, they had at their main base here in America a family, uh, a guy who spoke on the family, did quite well. I'm sure he was a wonderful person to listen to. And uh, they were very taken with him. And so uh, they asked him to go around and talk to the different fields that our organization organization worked with. And so he came down to uh, our part of the CPIC where all of us had our kids in boarding schools. And he talked one day on uh, making sure you attend the kids' uh, games another day on uh, tucking your kids in in certain topics. And and just went through a variety of good topics. But it didn't apply to us. And finally, some of us uh, came to him and said, Brother, do you know where our children are at? Do you know what they're going through? He says, I know. I don't know what to say to you guys. And I appreciated his honesty. (laughs) He was in uncharted territories. Uh, And you are too. And so the parenting seminars and marriage seminars that you would have the joy of attending when you're here in North America, you know, wiring here for North American life, uh, they're not going to apply too much to where uh, graduates of Radius are going. I remember uh, one family in the States, uh, when Beth and I got back to the, got back to the field, uh, there was a, uh, five, a series of five days that were given to, uh, and it was a very famous uh, radio voice, and uh, he spoke for five days on the dangers of boarding school. The dangers of boarding school. Our kids are in the middle of being in boarding school. Your kids will be uh, radioactive. Your kids are going to be ticking bombs emotionally. Eventually, they'll blow up. Uh, they'll become serial killers, whatever. And, uh, and my wife and I, we sat down and listened to it. We actually heard it live when we were in the States, and we listened to it again. Uh, and to be honest with you, I was pretty disappointed. And I wrote to the brother <coughs> and uh, sent, a, sent a letter to Colorado Springs. I said, come on out here. Sit down with my kids. Talk to him. Uh, maybe I'm missing something. Uh, I, I think you're. I think you're overstating things. And it took a long time back in the day to get a letter from the jungles of New Guinea to Colorado Springs and back. But about three months later, I got a letter back from one of his associates. And said, "I'm sorry. Of course, he's not going to be able to come out there. But uh, you need to understand, our, our brother has a past too, and his dad was a traveling evangelist, and uh, didn't cover some bases real well with him. And so it's a very raw topic. Uh, so much of what is written about said." Uh, and talked about with boarding schools. And we don't encourage boarding schools. That's less and less a need. And if you don't need to do it, don't do it, okay? Uh, homeschooling curriculum has you know, gotten dramatically better, and that's a great option for many people. But there are still cert- certain situations. And so we encourage students at Radius, don't draw a line in the sand in any area. I'll do anything but put my kids in the boarding school. No, 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 no. I'll do anything but go to Chad. It's really, really hot in Chad. I'll do anything but 
go to a Muslim country. I'll do anything. Uh, don't come down as a student. I want to be a Bible translator. I had a discussion the other day with an individual like that. We probably, probably a th- Bible translation, I, I know I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but Bible translation is fascinating. Okay? I got to do it. I loved it. And unlike church planning, church planning is heartbreaking. It's ten steps forward and nine steps backwards. You're working with people. Okay? Uh, Bible translation, man, you can chart your progress. I got four chapters executed today. I did you know, two rough drafts. It's very fulfilling. You can measure it. Okay? Um, but what we're trying to encourage is I'll do anything I can do to be a part of this team seeing the church and translation done. And if I'm the lead translator, great. If I'm a co-translator, great. If I'm a Bible teacher, great. If wherever I fit in best, man, come in there with that type of an attitude. Um, yeah, separations, hostage taking. Uh, my wife and I uh, and our kids got evacuated out of that part of New Guinea uh, twice in the years that we were there. Uh, rebels coming across the border, taking uh, especially North Americans as a prized target uh, uh, for bartering. Uh, relocations, all that. Uh, the, the amount of times we moved. Uh, it, it just, uh, boy, your family has got to be really, really strong. And there's a lot of things that can be talked about to make it to that level. Uh, our kids get sexualized more uh, quickly. Uh, the tribal group that we worked with uh, practiced uh, uh, rape, infant rape. Okay, And by the time when the girl became about eight years old, uh, she was public property. She became she was raped at will while she was eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old. When she got to be about thirteen, uh, she was taken off. Uh, somebody took pity on her, took her off to be a, a wife. And so your kids are going to get sexualized more quickly than you desired. You got to be ahead of that situation there. And again, uh, these are the people we're here to reach. We don't hate them because of what they do, uh, but uh, it's definitely not stuff that we're going to be, you know, doing as. Christ followers. Okay, first, first issue, do parents have a positive age-appropriate relationship uh, with their child? And we have to make sure that that's the case because we do have, we had a case uh, with a family that came down and got trained this last year. They had five kids. The oldest one was 17 years old. Uh, and so to start into corporal punishment at that point in time uh, would be unwise, okay? And so it meant to have an age-appropriate relationship to where uh, the child knows uh, that dad loves him. Dad's playing with him. Dad's there. Uh, we're t- we don't want to have the, the, the distant, uh, you know, cold dad. Uh, and some dads uh, come from homes where that might be the case or things weren't great in their own home. Uh, we don't want to have Disneyland dad. Oh, you're going to live in such a hard life. Where, where you're going is going to be so hard. And you're taking pity on your child and he hasn't even endured anything yet. Okay, you're trying to find that balance in, in the parenting style. Uh, all that we teach on parenting, and we do a lot of teaching on parenting, again, because it takes people off the field. Uh, it's based off of the premise that your child knows, <clears throat> I'm here for you, you are safe with me, I know you, I love you, I care, for, care about you, I'm committed to you, I will protect you from your tendencies even when you do not agree with me. Um, yeah, if that isn't solidly in place, whether the kid's old enough to articulate it, probably not. But that's true. They know that mom and dad are there, and uh, especially that dad is, is, is very much in the middle of this thing. Uh, what is our goal as parents? And again, this is a quote from Francis Chan's book. Even now I'm working to make sure that my family is set up for the future. When most people make that statement, they're talking about financial security. People accuse me of going overboard and preparing for my first 10 million years in eternity. In my opinion, people go overboard and worrying about their last 10 years on earth and just, uh, I know Brooks was mentioning this, man, having eternal eyes and fixated on eternity. 
even for my kids. And I must raise them now in the time and moment that, that they're living in. But I'm training them too to lift their eyes up. This is a long-term thing. And to be discipling our kids in these ways with these values from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things I like about the book, uh, as I mentioned, uh, he wanted to title it Marriage Ain't So Great. Because he was seeing this infatuation with marriage. And uh, another brother that I've appreciated much, I won't say his name, uh, he, he coined a term. He was part of founding uh, Radius. He, 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 he liked to use the term, learn to think of it as a strategic alliance. Now that sounds a little cold, but I like the way it's pushing back on our looking at each other's eyes and walking down the beach with our hands held. And if we can't do that once a week, oh, our marriage is really struggling. We didn't have a date night this month. You know, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, where these guys are going, there aren't going to be date nights. Uh, we would be six months at a time in the jungle and then come out for two weeks uh, so that the field leadership could make sure that we weren't losing our mind. And, uh, and we had eight teddies in the house with us almost 24-7 every single day of the year. They're in our house and you are looked at and the pressure and the privacy and your need for space. Uh, just uh, get over it. Get over it. You're a public person now. And uh, I appreciate the training that we went through. But again, a strategic alliance to begin to think we are gospel workers. We love each other. We've got these wonderful kids. There's a lot of other attributes. But we are entrusted with the gospel, and we take that very seriously. And we've actually built our life around it. And anything less than an attitude like that, your missionaries won't last overseas. Because the stress is, especially if they're going into a front line, and I appreciate, man, Kevin talking about the difference. Uh, what we are about as a church is making the gospel known to every tongue, tribe, and nation. That's our church's job, to see that accomplished. And if our workers aren't prepared for the lack of privacy, uh, for the loneliness, uh, for the uncomfortableness, the climate and diseases, uh, they're just not going to last very long. Uh, yeah, God's word to our children. And so, again, with that premise in place that my child knows he's loved, uh, man, God's word to our children. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land and that the Lord, Lord is, your God has given to you. Uh, parents need to be solidly committed. Honoring them is beyond the, the, the range of a two-year-old. Obeying them is very much in the range of a two-year-old. They will grow in their ability to honor. But we, we need to go beyond teaching them to obey at some point, they move, as their understanding allows, into honoring. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the land. Uh, I'm surprised, as, as has been mentioned, uh, everybody comes down to Radius has a college degree. They're pretty sharp people. Uh, but our culture has been inundated with uh, timeouts, uh, trying to reason with a two-year-old. And uh, there's a time to reason uh, with your child as they get older. Uh, but if they haven't learned, again, to stop on a dime at the sound of your voice, you might have missed, probably not, but you might have missed the, the window of opportunity to raise obedient children. Uh, can that be implemented later on? Jury's out, I, I, depending on the will of the child. The children are all different. Uh, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And uh, again, your children are can, probably going to be able to memorize this when they're two years old, but you as parents need to understand this is critical to your child having the best chance of growing into a serious Christ follower and, and being able to win them to this very difficult task that's ahead of you. 
uh, Hebrews. I, I find this passage uh, just fascinating. The primary topic is not parent-child relationships, but he's using the parent-child relationship and what happens in, this, in the context of that relationship to enforce some things in regards to how God deals with you and I. Verse 7 and 8. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Uh, the writer is speaking rhetorically. It's such an understanding. Any real son gets disciplined. And in the next passage, it's painful discipline. Okay, that, is the, that is at the, I don't want to say the center, but that is one of the defining factors that you're really my son, you're really my daughter, you're really my child, is I discipline you. <clears throat> if you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Uh, I, I discipline my sons. Uh, yeah, I'm talking like I'm some Marine Corps officer up here. Yeah, uh, I, I wish you could see my four kids and Beth and I yeah, together. Uh, it, it's so joyous. It really is. Uh, but there were times we felt like we were losing our mind. I think like most young parents, you know, man, will you ever have a relationship? They just kept doing this again and again. And to see the exasperation on the faces of our student center as they begin to implement corporal punishment for their kids as needed, okay, uh, will they ever learn this stuff? They will. They will. God's word is true. <clears throat> and if they're their real your real children, love them. Our fathers disciplined us for a while as they thought best. Don't you like the wording of that? Do you know that's what that speaks of? They disciplined us imperfectly. They didn't have all the facts perfectly straight. Sometimes they got it wrong. Now, we would never knowingly discipline our children in a wrong way, okay, uh, or based off of wrong information. But the fact is, people that wait and wait and wait and wait and wait too long for the perfect time, the perfect situation, when they have all the information, timing of discipline is important. Okay, and sometimes we miss out on the prime opportunity because we're too concerned with getting it perfect. Uh, and the, the writer of Hebrews, he takes that into account. Our fathers disciplined us for a while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that, they, that we may share in his holiness. And I love that he put this in here. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. There it is. Okay, so again, yeah, we want to deal with their minds and their souls, okay, as they get older and more developed in those abilities. But initially, God gave the perfect place for that discipline to take place. And, uh, and we had uh, one of our sons that had learning disabilities. And uh, he, he just, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. And uh, when the uh, corporal punishment was more consistent, it was amazing how his memory improved. <laughs> Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Uh, it is one of the joys that we get to see as people come down. Most of the kids are not babies. Uh, but the range would be probably three uh, to eight years old. And to see uh, great families that have come down, they have this area well under control. And, and just for your awareness, uh, we talk about this in the very first week. And the reason we do it is because we, we don't want to know your parenting style. You know, I, I don't want to be seen as picking on somebody because that family doesn't parent well. And so we get this out of the way before we know anybody's parenting style. But in time we realize they really need to tighten up. And uh, when students come down to us, they're put into a community group. And so Beth and I, last year, we had nine people in our community group. Uh, every person on staff has about eight or nine, this year will be ten, uh, in our community group. And that's one of our things is you know, the parenting has to be in a good situation. And if, if it's not, we need to get involved with that. 
It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And the blessing of seeing kids that have not been under control come under control. Man, just, it is really fun and exciting to see. He who spares the rod, again, this is Proverbs, old school, but it is the word of God. And it hasn't gone out of date. He hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. And uh, again, uh, had uh, three very active boys, uh, like to push, like to fight. The Teddies, uh, <laughs> when, when Brooks and Brandon um, were younger, uh, the Teddies were very dis, uh, disapproving of our corporal punishment. They would stand outside our house and yell at us. And so we had to have them come in and witness us uh, disciplining them. We weren't berserk with rage. Uh, we were spanking them with a stick on the butt, and then we'd hug them and snuggle them and, and you know, dry them up. You know, our daughter, daughters are different. You know, daughter, I had to have a counseling session after each corporal punishment. Uh, you just got to do more talking. They're a little more complex. Uh, but the, the, the teddies, nonetheless, they hated seeing us uh, spank our kids. And uh, there were a couple specific times where Brooks and Brandon would be outside the house, <coughs> and I heard them fighting. And uh, I didn't have time. Okay, now I get out the house, and all of a sudden, uh, our boys are gone. They're just gone. And uh, asking the Italians, where'd they go? Oh, we don't know. And they had kidnapped our sons and taken them to the village until we cooled down so that they didn't have to hear us uh, spanking our children. Uh, one time, Beth came out of the house uh, with the spanking stick. And one of the little old ladies in the tribe, she grabbed the stick and ran away. Uh, just <laughs> You're living in public in many of these situations. It's just a different world. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from shield. And, um, and to, to see this in, in God's word, in the Old Testament, as we're seeing here in Proverbs, and to see the same factor going forward into the book of Hebrews, uh, it's not much, much about in the Gospels, uh, but this is one way, one way, not the only way, but one way we love our kids and prepare them for a life that doesn't revolve around them and a life that's hard in many, many ways. <clears throat> the rod of correction imparts wisdom. And a better memory, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, but a child left him to himself disgraces his mother. Discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give you delight to your soul. Uh, we've all been around families. They don't discipline their kids. They have no control over their kids. And there is no delight to the soul. It's a, it's a, been a difficult time when you're at the house, when you're out for dinner, or just having a fun event. Uh, when you are in the presence of kids that are not under control of mom and dad, uh, we've all seen it. Uh, sometimes parents who have those children, they don't want to be out in public very much. But that can be addressed, and we can win those wars. And uh, as parents, it is our job to do that. <clears throat> Particulars of discipline. Just some uh, timeliness is critical, as we uh, mentioned earlier. Perfection is rare. Man, understand that. Uh, other reinforcing factors. Unity of body language. Uh, we had dear friends on the field, and uh, <clears throat> their daughter would, you know, burn a cat alive. And or something equally heinous. And uh, I saw the dad. Now, honey, that was a very bad thing that you did. And his body language didn't be portrayed back. That was horrific what he did. Our body language matters. We're not out of control. But, man, there's an intensity that backs up the fact that you're going to pay the price tag of burning little tabby alive, okay? Dad's role when in the vicinity. Uh, yep, there are many times when dad can't be there. Okay, and mom better be ready. Okay, but when dad is in the vicinity, he should be the primary um, giver of the discipline. Um, 
Yeah, the rod, okay, critical component. Uh, yeah, first, you know, then your hand when they're small, but man, this is not an experience that puts pain to the parent. The pain is to be to the child, okay? So get the rod out, and bigger the better, or bigger uh, is necessary. When you get older boys, uh, you got to get through to them. Uh, pain doesn't equal death. We've seen that in Proverbs. We need to know that. The rear end, uh, that's one thing the Teddies couldn't believe, is that we always hit the rear end. Because when they discipline their kids, which they only did when they were berserk with rage, uh, they take a stick, uh, break it on their head, burn it with a hot stick, take an arm, break it. Uh, because they, they did, we don't do that to our children. Well, they didn't until they went crazy with rage at the embarrassment and the pain that the child was bringing into the vicinity. Uh, affirmation, clearing the air. Okay, for, this is just common sense, I know, for the majority of you here. Until uh, what age? There are differences in our kids, okay? And depends on the hardness of the brain, the hardness of the heart. It depends on a lot of factors. And uh, as, as a dad, I fought dirty. Uh, man, I, yeah, I won't get into all that. But, uh, man, <coughs> we're, uh, <laughs> we're playing for keys. Man, for my kids to grow up in the situations that they did and come out with not just a walk with the Lord, but a maturity <coughs> and an understanding and to where they backed up the gospel. Uh, man, we had to be fully invested as parents and fully invested in our ministry, and it can be done. It has to be done. Separation ideas. When our kids uh, had to go to the boarding school, uh, prepare beforehand. Uh, man, do not count anything out of the possible. Uh, dad could get taken hostage. Mom could die early in some of the places you're going to. Uh, boarding school might be not just the best, but the safest spot for your children. And, and we know situations they don't do the boarding school because of the education factors. They could do the homeschooling, but because... Daughters that are being raised in some locations are targets in tribal situations in many parts of the world, and it's just, man, you're, you're, you need to factor that in. Uh, the emotionally impossible might be what's needed. Don't count anything out. Okay. <clears throat> Careful of the guilties. Um, yeah, one of the factors that we saw parents losing kids and when I was sitting on the disciplinary committee is I knew that there was one of them, typically it's the mom, felt so guilty about their kid being in a boarding school that when they came home it was just two and a half weeks of bliss and candy and pizza and coke and no work. And if dad didn't cave into that, if dad caved into that and allowed it to be uh, two weeks of mommy guilty uh, spread over the kids, Man, the kids would take that and leverage it, okay? And that's the mentality they grew up with. Man, we saw those kids go sideways. They really did. This is what God has for us. This is what God has for us. And I've sat down with counselors uh, from some of the major agencies. <clears throat> it wasn't the situation the kid was raised in, how hard it was, the rebels, family members lost. It was how mom and dad did with that. Were they able to frame it? And to put it to the kids in a biblically driven way, this is what God has for us. We're not the unfortunate re recipients of the backhand of, of God's means. Uh, no, this is what God has for us. And so parents, man, getting a grip on that, uh, we put a lot of time into that at Radius. As possible, they leave you. Do not leave them. Uh, man, it was a lot easier when that airplane came in and landed on our airstrip. And our three little guys got on the airplane and breaking Beth and I's heart, and they fly off and leave us. It was a lot easier for them because they're going off to the big city where the boarding school is and all their friends and stuff like that. But for us to go up and visit the boarding school and to get on a bus or a van and drive away as our kids are staying there waving goodbye to us. These are just mechanistic things, but you put them all together, it's helpful. Uh, talk to your kids. Teach communication. 
your minutes may be through. Uh, our first years on the field, when our kids went to boarding school, they could talk to us three minutes a week on the two-way radio. And that was it. And uh, we, we observed uh, families that hadn't taught their kids to communicate. And, uh, Johnny, how you doing? Okay. What happened this week? Nothing. Uh, so we, we had to fight dirty with that. We took our kids' allowances away that they didn't communicate with us, okay? And so then they began to communicate. We get full sentence replies, you know, and uh, even got more. And we don't care who's listening, because a lot of times people that are bored in the jungle, they will listen in on your communication. They get all kinds of news about what's going on at the boarding school. Forget about anybody listening. We want to know what your math teacher's like, what your science teacher's like, you know, how you're doing with the dorm parents. And, uh, you know, we had so-so dorm parents. That was hard. We had great dorm parents. Uh, all, we're thankful for every one of those dorm parents, even the so-so ones. Uh, don't wimp out on them or just go along with things that the mission may, may be in the habit of doing. Man, if, if something is amiss at that boarding school when your kids are away from you, get involved. Get involved. Don't put too much confidence in your, the school board of the boarding school or in the mission itself. Man, there are, everybody out there is flawed. Okay? This is really important. Uh, boarding school or no boarding school? Uh, and as you are on furlough as a missionary, you be sure that you create a sense of this is our home in America. We've got to travel a bunch of different places, and we love all those people, and we've got families spread out. But this is where, when we graduate, we're coming back and going to college in this area here. This will be our home church. You don't let your kid figure that one out on his own. Get ahead of the game. Again, the tumbleweed missionary child who doesn't really know where his home in the States is is really being set up for a hard life thereafter. Uh, keep winning your kids. We started with this. We're going to end with this. Keep winning your kid, uh, your children through life and teaching. Uh, man, your life, uh, one of the things we did out in the middle of the jungle, built a basketball court for my kids, a half court. Man, it was expensive. It took a lot of work. Uh, cement. Uh, but so my kids could play basketball out there. And you're, you're going the extra mile man, to keep your kids engaged with us. And not that they're the center of the world. They're not. Uh, but you're not just, you know, mailing it in as to things that you could do to make their life experience out in New Guinea or wherever uh, more enjoyable. Uh, so through your life and through your teaching, you're always teaching. You're not waiting for the right moment. You're getting ahead of it as a dad. As John would say, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And we all know if you've got kids of any age, and to know that your kids have embraced the gospel, uh, they've embraced the Lord Jesus and all that goes with that, uh, and they have a heart for this task too. Um, and we're just uh, so grateful for how God worked in all our kids' heart. Uh, we can do ministry and family with excellence. It's not one or the other. It cannot be one or the other. Uh, we've got to seek to be able to do both with excellence, and we are expected to do both. As we see in First Timothy 3, <clears throat> the greatest majority of qualifications have to do with how that home is running. Has the father and mother been able to win the kids to this Christian life, okay? Uh, and, and Paul just puts such an emphasis on that because if your Christianity is out of balance in home, the kids aren't going to buy into it. They're not gonna, they might not be able to put their finger on it. We need to be balanced in these areas. And so even as we start with hate father, mother, son, daughter, yeah, even your own life, guys, there is a balance in this thing that we are not abnormal people. Uh, but our allegiance, and we're teaching this to our kids as soon as we can, and they can understand my number one allegiance isn't to your mommy, it's not to you, it's not to my home church, it's to my God. But I love you, and I love my church, and I love... And so to combine those things, it has to be done for to be seen as normal, biblically-driven moms and dads.